Good to have you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the Bill Michaels Show. My name is Bill Michaels, Ben Kenny producing the program. Today, it's draft day. Today, it's Lick Your Wounds Day if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, you're probably looking into your locker right now down at the Pfizer Forum going, what the hell just happened? Uh, you have been publicly mocked nationally by former players that said, Bud, you were out coached. You didn't make adjustments. And, you know, I, I still, to to this moment in time, I was watching, it was Get Up this morning, and uh, Vince Carter, and there was another player there, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. So if, if you know, please help me out. But he said uh, that he felt Coach Bud should have been fired after the championship. He said, can you fire a, a coach after the championship because the Bucks?" One, in spite of Bud. And then you fast forward it to what we witnessed in this particular series and blowing big leads all throughout the the season. Um, not, not once or twice. I mean, this was something that was a common occurrence. And it was always, well, we won the game. Well, we won the game. But, you you know, I equate this and what we saw throughout the season, these big, these big lead losses, I equate this to go back to the, the year the Packers were undefeated, and then they ended up getting beat by Kansas City. That was their only loss that year. And remember, Romeo Cornell was the head coach of Kansas City at the time. And Jay Williams, thank you very much, Chuck. You the man. Jay Williams, he was there this morning. Thank you very much. You're, you're, you're a godsend. Um, the Romeo Cornell talked it because that was the only game the, uh, the Packers had lost. And Romeo Cornell talked about, a, after the game, about the decision to punch the receivers in the mouth at the line of scrimmage. I mean, they they beat up on Jordy and company. And they pressured them, did not allow them to get off the line of scrimmage, made sure that that they disrupted their routes. And he saw a rhythm that the Packers um, were not able to get into at certain times throughout the season. So he said, we're just going to punch them in the mouth, and we're going to do it all, all day. And the Packers got beat. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs were a bad football team that year. But that, they won that game. And they won that game with physicality. And I remember doing the postgame show. And um, I remember doing the postgame show and saying at the time, because you, you this, this always pops up in your head, is this a blueprint? Is this a defensive strategy? that can expose a team to another team to ultimately lose. And sometimes it's just about the player's matchup. You just don't match up well with a particular player, and you got to figure something out, and that's where coaching becomes so vital. Uh, and then the Packers ultimately went on and lost in the postseason, and it was, it, was, it was shocking. But it was because Romeo Cornell laid down the blueprint to say, look, this is how you beat them. And everybody said, ah, they're the best team. Look at the offense. They've got all these guys, man. And, and you know, they're, they're a juggernaut and on and on and on. 
And that's to this day sticks in my head. They had just come off a Super Bowl win. They go a 15 and 1 the next season, and the only loss was that loss that set them up for failure. So now you fast forward to this past season, and I had watched the Bucks specifically, say, after January going into February. I'd started watching Bucks basketball a lot more. And not, not to say I didn't watch it at the beginning of the season, I did. I just didn't watch it as often and as intently. But I watched them on numerous occasions. And I, I, I mean, I've tweeted it out. I've said, I just can't believe that this team will go up 20 and lose that lead. They'll go up 25 and lose that lead. And they were winning these games. They would lose a 25-point lead, and they'd win by two. They'd win by one. You know, they'd win in overtime. You know, last-second bucket or something that Giannis did. And everybody's just rejoicing. And I kept thinking to myself, this team cannot close games. They, they don't have it. They don't have the ability to put the heel of the boot on your throat and grind you down and cut off your wind and, and talk about you being nothing more than a lifeless body left for dead. They don't have it. They don't have the killer instinct. And sure enough, throughout this season, every time they get a big lead, we watched them piss it away. And the only difference is, is now you're running up against a team that, one, has nothing to lose. Two, they're carrying a couple, not one but two, until Tyler Hero went down. Bucks killers. Three, you've got a coach that's better than yours in, in Eric Spolstra. And then four, that you didn't match their energy. When they dug down deep and they needed it, man, they, they knew what it took to win. You're supposedly a defending champ from a couple of years gone by, and you didn't know what it took to win. You, didn't, you couldn't match that energy. You didn't match their tenacity. You didn't even put up the will to, to not be denied desire. Craig says, funny, that's what Skip Bayless said about Giannis. Skip Bayless is an absolute head, cranius, rectus, invertus moron. Because the year they won the championship, if, if indeed what was being stated is true, that they won in spite of Bud, they won because of Giannis. Because he would not be denied. And remember, he had some of the greatest performances in postseason history during the finals at that point in time. He had the killer instinct. The whole thing about about um, Skip Bayless, anything Skip Bayless does, Skip Bayless could brush his teeth every minute of every day, and his breath would still smell like crap because that's what he's full of. Period. 877-867-1670. Uh, Great Dane GB says, i.e., the Bucks are front runners, not dogs, as many would say. Uh, they lost that mentality when PJ Tucker left. They just they just did. And I thought Crowder would have brought that. I thought Crowder was was a better shooter than PJ Tucker, but brought that but brought that that dog mentality. And it, it it never materialized. I don't think he ever got comfortable. You certainly hope that there, you know, maybe there might be a tweak or two to the roster, not much, but, you know, you, you hope that they're able to regroup and if it's Coach Bud, lesson learned. If it's not Coach Bud, whoever it happens to be, and many of you are screaming for Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse is a good X's and O's guy. I, I, I would appreciate that. Um. Craig says, where's P.J. Tucker now? Uh, it doesn't matter. He, 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 even if he's not a superstar in another team, P. 
P.J. Tucker brought that mentality when he got here. He just brought it, and you appreciated it. So anyway, that's that's my quick diatribe rant on the Milwaukee Bucks. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Our buddy Steve says, hey, Bill, I've been going through the draft prospects thanks to our lads. And as usual, I'm more confused than ever. One thing I'm pretty sure of is that Goody has one, maybe two guys uh, that he's eyeing up at number 13. If they are off the board and I look for them to trade back in a handful of spots and get additional draft capital, I think that uh, these are five potential targets for the Packers this year. Jackson Smith and Jigba, true. Darnell Wright, offensive tackle. Uh, I would go along with that. Luke Van Ness, the edge rusher, yes. Nolan Smith, uh, which, by the way, he's another Georgia guy, so the linebacker. Dalton Kincaid or Darnell Washington, either one, uh, the tight ends. And I, I would not disagree with any of that. I think uh, the guy they're, they're eyeballing would be Smith and Jigma. I, I hope. I hope. You know what, though? Let me say this. And he, here's here, Ben, let me ask you a question here. Let's just say. As all the prognosticators start to come out of the woodwork today, let's just say that all everybody's talking about Levis and Richardson and these guys and their draft capital and who may may or may not go. But say a guy like Richardson or say C.J. Stroud, say they fall and, and they're sitting there at 10, 11, 12. Would Goody dare take one of them? I hope not. I, I don't think it should even be a conversation. I I, I think if, that if gives you, you a great opportunity to trade down. If you have what could be projected as a franchise quarterback, say let's just say that um, Levis he ends up going high. Okay and. C.J. Stroud doesn't get taken, or Richardson doesn't get taken. You have a shot at possibly garnering a a franchise quarterback because you're not even sure what you have right now. It's not like Caleb Williams next year falls to you and you pass. You're you're talking about one of these guys because you would assume that you're not going to be in the football quarterback race next year. At least that's the hope. But – would you would you pass on somebody that might be a franchise altering quarterback? Would you? I, I I wouldn't even consider drafting him for a second. I I think if they fall, they're falling for a reason. They're they're falling because they're not that guy. See, but everybody said that about Aaron Rodgers. It's true. It it, it happens. I I think the consensus is around this draft though is that they're all projects, or uh, minus Young who's going to go, and maybe minus Stroud, too, who's also likely going to go. It would be Richardson or Levis. It's a question of do you want to do that, not bolster the team around love, and then end up mm-hmm. having a succession plan to Richardson in a couple years. It, it, it makes yeah. no sense to me. Unless Richardson comes in and plays tight end, uh, unless he becomes Taysom Hill, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. I would tend to agree with you only if I felt stronger about Jordan Love. But I just don't. But isn't that what this year is for? Isn't that what the whole purpose of this year is to learn yeah, about Yeah, but my, my argument is if you pass 
on what could turn out to be a franchise, another franchise quarter, quarterback, because you want to see what you've dra- jumped up to draft, what started all of this in motion, you better be damn sure that Jordan loves the guy. Because if you are sitting here in position after jumping up to the 13th position and say C.J. Stroud falls past you, big, strong, good arm, can run. We've all seen him run. He did it in the championship game. You know? Now, I'm not saying he's he's great, but he's he's one of the better quarterbacks that we've seen in a while. You know, that's actually got that pan-out ability. I don't think Justin – I think he's better than Justin Fields coming out of – and I, you know me, man. I'm not big on Ohio State quarterbacks at all. But Bryce Young, his size bothers me. And, and if if C.J. Stroud – if, say, Richardson goes ahead of C – now, Richardson, I agree with you, is a project, but they say if this cat gets it, he could be, like, off the charts good. They're comparing him. They talk about some of his accuracy. I watched uh, Dan Orlovsky the other day break down all his accuracy issues, and most of it's just dropped balls and missed catches. Some of them. I mean, there was a couple of Aaron passes, yeah. But, you know, and Todd says next year's quarterbacks are better, but the problem is are you going to be eligible to get one of them? If one of those guys fall to you this year at 13, then what? Because if you're truly going best available player, you would probably take him. But if Jordan Love is bad, then you are inherently going to be in position to at least be close to taking one of the guys next year. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the Love thing. It's either he works yeah. and your pick isn't as good and then you're happy you have a quarterback. Or, which I don't think will happen, he stinks and you're drafting in the top five. My my argument to all of that would be, if I'm going to take a quarterback, maybe I do it later in the rounds, and I take a guy like Stetson Bennett. This is not, you know, Mr. Duxkin says uh, lots of quarterbacks in this draft. There's, there's lots of players in this draft. There's not a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft. There's three, four, maybe. Five tops, and the rest are projects at best. Um, But I, I my my... My tendency is never to take a quarterback out of Ohio State, but I think C.J. Stroud. I remember, you know, Burrow was originally at Ohio State, then he he transferred out because he didn't get playing time. And it was the greatest move he could possibly do because he went and won a national title at LSU and worked with Jamar Chase and company, obviously. But uh, I I just, I I think C.J. Stroud, and I've changed my tune on C.J. Stroud. Uh, But if him or Richardson would be sitting there, it, it would be really hard for me to pass up. And I'd rather just see a good quarterback competition in camp, which would make everybody better. And it hedges your bets to say, look, if if what if Jordan Love doesn't work out, we can cut bait in two years, and then this guy's ready. Then this other guy's ready. He's sitting right there. All we got to do is fortify him. And coming into next season, you're going to have so much damn money, you're not going to know what to do with it. You haven't had this money, this much money on the books in, in, since Moses was a baby, if you're the Packers. And whoever is your quarterback, you can fortify the team, not just with the draft, but with free agency. I, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that want to see this team build around Jordan Love, but it, I, I just throw the question out there. 
Not to say it's going to happen because you're hoping that all of those questions are answered and that doesn't even become a possibility ahead of you. I want to see them get Smith and Jigba. I, that's who I'm, I'm circling. What would your but, reaction uh, be if they took Richardson at 13 or if they traded up to 10 to get him? Uh, then two things. One, I was completely right about Jordan Love. And two, that they are thinking along the same lines I am. That you're going to give Jordan Love all the opportunities, but you you got to make sure that the franchise, because you don't have a bunch of quarterbacks. You don't have two deep quarterbacks sitting right now. You've got one unproven quarterback and nobody. And we know in a quarterback-driven league, and you've been really blessed with two quarterbacks over the last 30 years that just very rarely miss games. Suppose Jordan Love does go down. Suppose he becomes Tua. He gets his bell rung two, three times. He misses three, four weeks. You need a quarterback. You need a, you need another guy. And he's not so so skilled and so polished that you're, you know, there's going to be this huge drop-off. You need another guy. And if you if you got a guy, I, I, I would take him. If he's the best available player on the board, I would take him. I would take him. I just, I you know, I find it interesting. And don't forget, next year you're most likely going to have two number ones. So if you need to jump up next year and take a quarterback, you can if those guys aren't your cup of tea. But because most likely you're going to have the Jets number one next year as well, because you know Rodgers, barring, barring injury, because they should be in it. They're, they should be a pretty good football team. But Rodgers, barring injury, is is going to play more than 65% of the snaps. 877-867-1670. Um, but I agree I'd go back. If, if you don't get any of those guys, I would all eyeball up in the third or fourth round, maybe a guy like Stetson Bennett. But I just I would stay away from the third round as much as I can because you know what the third round is picks have been like 877-867-1670 give us your thoughts as we sit here and talk about the nfl draft don't forget the coverage comes up tonight 7 to 11 this evening ben kenny and i are going to be here we're going to bring you pick by pick coverage of the first round of the 2023 nfl draft more of the bill michael show is next covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network show rocking on hey don't forget about our friends at the social house h-a-u-s and if you're looking for a great place to go uh specifically breakfasts on uh the weekends on sunday uh if you get the mixed drink you get free pancakes which are awesome they always do music on sunday afternoon the garage doors are going to open up the patio is going to be open and i'll tell you this every time i go past there parking lot's full they're doing something right dan dell and the staff are just great people stop over to the social house on lisbon road in menominee falls TV's everywhere, so if you want to go and watch any sport possible, but it, maybe tonight you're going to go watch the NFL draft, that'd be a good place to go. That's our friends from the Social House, H-A-U-S, and you can follow them on Facebook. Um, the, uh, the, the question became, how much room will the Packers have next year? And if you... And now you go by the over-the-cap calculator, okay? Uh, the Packers should start out next year with about $54 million in cap space. If you take David Bakhtiari, and they're not going to keep Bakhtiari, 
uh, unless they restructured or something. But is, if you cut them, you're going to gain about uh, close to $20 million in cap space. You'll probably restructure Kenny Clark, gain a little bit more, probably do the same thing with Jair uh, next year as well. You probably are going to hang on to Aaron Jones because he's going to be a base salary of about $11 bucks. After that, you don't have a ton of money that you're going to have to cut off your books because Rodgers will be gone. You you could end up literally with about $80 bucks. Now, you're going to have some guys you're going to have to take care of because you're going to have Darnell Savage Jr. You're going to have John Runyon, Rashawn Gary, uh, Yash Nyman. Uh, A.J. Dillon, Rudy Ford, uh, on and on and on, that are all going to be coming up for contract. They're all going to be free agents. Pat O'Donnell, uh, not that the punter's going to cost you a lot, uh, but you're going to have a lot of that stuff coming up uh, relatively soon. And you're going to make some adjustments. You're going to sign some guys. So that amount of money's not going to be there. But you're going to have life after Aaron Rodgers, even with uh, in the 2024 season, with Jordan Love's number kicking in, at about twenty million bucks, which is still relatively reasonable, you're still going to have a lot of money, a lot of money to play with coming up in uh, coming up next year. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. Let's get to the phone calls. Let's go to Rob listening to us in Madison. Rob, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. This is Ron. Hi, or Ron. Sorry Why about that. Go show? ahead. Yeah, I. I like to see the Packers get a good tight end, uh, the pass rusher, and uh, offensive lineman, and maybe another linebacker or safety. Uh, so you're looking for a tight end, an edge rusher, uh, an offensive lineman, and then a linebacker and/or safety to, to fill those fill those slots. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. No wide receiver. Uh, if one comes available, uh, if they can get it, if it come, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I okay. go for that too. And, All right, sounds good, man. Appreciate it. Now, I, I look at it this way: he's not, he's not wrong with the tight end position because the tight end you don't have anybody. You, you need tight ends, but I think you only have what five receivers on the roster right now. Uh, I got to check, but I think there's only five receivers on the roster. You got Romeo Dubs. You got Samari Torre, you got Christian Watson, those three guys, and I think there's Bo Melton, correct me if I'm wrong, and there's one other guy. Because Bo Melton they picked up from Seattle off the practice squad. And, but there's only three guys that are that have been drafted, and those are the three guys, Watson, Dubs, and Torre. So you need, I mean, there's years that they've gone in with nine and ten wide receivers. To limit it to get down to seven, six, and seven. So you need five, six, seven guys, you know? And again, you may be able to get somebody a little bit cheaper after the, the, the June 1st cutdown. Maybe somebody becomes available and you can finagle your, because you don't have a lot of cap space, but maybe you can finagle a little bit of it now. Um, but yeah, man, you know, that's why. If if Smith and Jigba's there, you take him. You need you need that position anyway, and he's a good he's a good player. But then you need you only have what um, he, I think you've got four tight ends, but nobody that's going to stand out and go. Oh my God, they're going to help this team. 
You know, you need at least two more. You got Josiah DeGuara, who was your third-round choice from a few years ago, and he's kind of like the Swiss Army knife that they wanted to use in many different circumstances, kind of as, as an H-back, then a tight end, then a wide out or a slot receiver. But he's not a big blocker. He's a decent hands guy. Uh, you got uh, Tyler Davis, who they picked up off of the practice squad from the Indianapolis Colts. That's kind of it. I think there's two more guys, but I think there's Allen. I can't remember the other guy's name off the top of my head. But that's it. So you need pass catchers, five wide receivers minimally, and probably two tight ends. So seven pass catchers, you got to cast a wide net. You got to cast a wide net in this in this draft, no doubt about it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Give us a shout. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Would love to hear from you. Um, ben, am I missing anything here? Is it what? What would your priorities be when it comes to draftees? Wide receiver, tight end, then what? Or would you go something different? I don't want to take a tight end in the first round. Now, if you talk draft-wide, yeah, tight end's a priority. And that's something that I would probably invest two picks in, getting a guy in the second and maybe later. But wide receiver's one of them, and the Packers will likely take a guy in the fourth or fifth round anyway. Probably two wide receivers. As always, they're going to take a lineman, which I'm very much in on. They're good at that. Like They find later linemen that work. I want them to take Lucas Van Ness at 13. I, I look at the defensive line, and he plays edge, but he's he's bigger. He could go inside. I, I look at the defensive line as truly the biggest weakness on the team. I've, I have I spoke about that when you were gone one of the days. Uh, the defense was the worst against the rush last year. They were crushed by injuries. They're not deep. They've lost guys from last year. I, I look at defensive line as one of the biggest things that will keep this team back from achieving what they want to achieve uh, defensively and then as a team as a whole. So I look right. at Lucas Van Ness, but I mean the first round it's a it's a true best player situation. I, I'd be fine with Smith and Jigba. I would be okay with a tackle maybe, even though he's probably gonna be a backup this year. But I would love Van Ness. Uh let's do this. We'll take your thoughts and what you would like to see the Packers do uh coming back. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven 1670 hit us up because we would love to hear from you hey if you are by chance uh, in the market for a new personal watercraft maybe you need some new sunglasses i'll give you the whole thing how you can get it all together stop into your local quick trip okay you go in you purchase any eye gogs eyewear okay whether the cool shades or just the readers whatever it happens to be including the neons by the way and no limit no limit you could be then eligible to win two 2023 Sea-Doo Spark 2-Ups, one Triton Wave 2 trailer, which carries both watercraft, by the way, a couple of covers, and a wrap featuring the iGogs and Quick Trip um, logos on, on the uh, personal watercraft. You could win two personal watercraft. How about that? Not a bad way to go, huh? Just for stopping in your local Quick Trip. But let's be honest, you and I stopped there anyway. Whether it's for the clean bathrooms, whether it's for the quickies like milk, bread, eggs, bananas, butter, whatever it happens to be. Or maybe you're stocking up on a Saturday morning. You want to kind of have some comfort food. You're going for the quickery donuts. Oh, those things are awesome. Or just a breakfast sandwich. Whatever it happens to be, they've got it for you. That's our friends over there at Quick Trip. And they're giving stuff away. 
compliments of our friends over there at iGogs. So stop into Quick Trip. Check it out for yourself. Your thoughts on the NFL draft coming up. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. a lot of things you miss quick trip you miss certain things about being at home but one of the things that i missed the most both in indianapolis and in florida is my water softener here in wisconsin uh you can just tell you you can tell when you go someplace that does not have truly purely softened water clear crystal water and uh man oh man when i got home one of the first things i did was take a shower just to feel clean again and that's because i have the Connecticut water softening system in my house this portion of the program brought to you by the water doctors h2 the letter o doctors.com h2o doctors.com uh i've been telling you about john atley and the uh, Connecticut water softening system for a long time john's a great guy uh just give him a call and he is so unbelievably nice and kind and helpful 262 269-7733. And if he can't help you in the state of Wisconsin somewhere, then he will put you in touch with somebody who can and carries the Connecticut Water Softening System. Again, 262 549 262-549-7733. Go to h2theletterodoctors.com, and they give back to veterans. That's one of the best things about that company, h2theletterodoctors.com. Uh, just good people. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us? Uh, that's, a, that's a great way to do so. If you want to give us a call, you can. Uh, I got a question here, and this one is from Anthony who says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, he said, uh, hey, uh, if there's a quarterback later on in the draft, maybe to take in the second round, would you consider O'Connell, uh, or would you take a guy like Tanner McKee out of Stanford? And I started looking this up, and we don't even talk about O'Connell, who's coming out of Purdue. Ben, you saw him play. Would you take O'Connell? No. No. I wouldn't Uh, either. I I think we don't talk about him for a good reason. He might be okay. Um, I'd take him in the sixth or seventh round to be a backup. But, like, he's he's fine. He's fine. Uh, Then there's Tanner McKee. Would you take him out of Stanford? No. Uh, He's a junior, two-year starter. Um... He was he. Here's the thing. He went six and sixteen in twenty two starts. Just three conference wins in the Pac twelve. For the record, Stanford has been a utter disaster around him. Been a long time, yeah, But but no, I'm not taking him either. Now I go back to Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett actually ranked lower than those two. You know, the knock, the knock on him is he rarely dealt with a pro-caliber pass rush. Wasn't because he's he played for Georgia. They had monsters on their line. And they only he only got pressured in a few specific games where they came after him time and again. Uh, his mechanics on the outside throws, not consistent. Uh, got some bad misses that are on tape. Bennett's going to fight uh, an uphill battle his entire career. But the success he had in the SEC on the national level needs to be something that is considered when you talk about the intangibles other than the uh, calculables of talent. So Stetson Bennett would be a project, um, but he kind of finagled his way to the starting lineup, you know, thanks to some of the injuries and 
Then there was, what was it, uh, JT Daniels, who was somewhat underachieving there as well. But once he took over the starting job, he was he really never looked back. So Stetson Bennett is a guy that's kind of overcome some of the obstacles, so to speak. So he might not be a bad way to go later in the draft, but I'm certainly not going in round two or round three for something like that. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free. Uh, let's go to Mike listening to us in Charlotte. Mike, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, I'm doing fine. Thank you for taking my call. I have a one quick thing. I'm not um... – it's above my pain grade to find out who we should take with number 13. My question has to do with, do we have a, a kicker signed for next year? I know that's not no. top on everybody's list, but, right. you know, it's sort of an important special team thing. Well, there's Parker White, who uh, is a guy that's kind of like uh, that practice squad player. He's a, He was a street-free agent last year. Uh, and he's there. They've got him. But my guess is they're going to bring in another two, maybe three guys, and then they'll 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 figure out who the kicker is going to be. But as of right now, they've got to get, to answer your question. Technically, yes, they do have a guy that's on the on the on the roster. But whether or not he ends up being the guy, we'll wait and see. But unless there's somebody out there specific going to draft that you know is a bona fide big-time kicker. Kickers usually are the guys that are the street-free agents, college-free agents you bring in. It's kind of the buckshot approach. Just let four or five of them, you know, kick for you. You write down one or two that you think are pretty good, and then the guy that you ultimately choose, you keep the other two names on speed dial just in case he doesn't pan out. Appreciate the phone call. 877-867-1670. Let's go to Keith listening to us in Cross Plains. Keith, how you doing, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill, I'm doing really good. I, uh, I hate to call your show and disagree with you, but there is okay. no way, there's no way you're picking a wide receiver at pick 13. There is way too much risk. You can go back and look at all the historical draft data. Wide receiver and tight end, the, the least reliable, least, least sure thing out of any position group. So at 13, to me, you're looking offensive tackle. You're looking edge. Stay away from tight ends and wide receivers. As we proved last year, you can find those guys in round two, round four. So not a receiver at 13. Would you rather have a guy like Justin Jefferson, who was a first-round draft pick? Well, I like Justin Jefferson a lot. <laughs> However, you got to play the odds when you're at no, 13, I know. right? I know. I know. Yeah, so, I, I, I get know, what you're you saying. You can blow it. And, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I appreciate it. No, I uh, will. We can agree. Look, I, I would take at that particular position. I don't think you can go. You follow your board. You know, if your board says that, you know, um, Nolan Smith out of Georgia is the highest rated guy on your board. and You feel he's great. And he's your he's your outside linebacker. He's your edge. Right, there you go. You go after that guy. If you go say, um, I don't know, um, Parrish out of Ohio State, the offensive tackle, or, or Darnell Wright out of Tennessee or something, and that's the best-rated guy right there, you go in that direction. If Smith and Jigba is a guy that was low on your board and for whatever reason he's high on your board but he's fallen, you either stick to what you originally had or whoever your best available guy is, I think you take him. I think the only way I would maybe move out of that spot is if one of the quarterbacks fall, or you know there's a team behind you one, two, three spots 
that is pining for a guy in that particular area? This is where your mock drafts and what you start, you know, as, as inside those, quote, you know, the war room, if you will, when you're in there and they've done all their homework, all these other scouts have not only brought together all the all the statistics and all the analytics on the guys that you might possibly draft, they also then look at all the other teams around you and say, what do they need and who would they be targeting? What do they like? What fits their system? And then you scout those teams and you say, okay, this team, they're going to need a wide receiver. We don't value this guy very high. We don't, we're not going to take him, but we also know the team behind us is going to want a wide receiver. So the team that's trying to call us to trade up probably is eyeballing this guy. And if we don't want him at this value, then you don't mind trading back and giving that to the team two, three spaces back and getting additional picks along the way. Whatever you do, don't take a third-round draft choice. They don't pan out. But that might be the way I would trade back and go. Other than that, uh, I'm taking what, whatever the best available is. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hey, don't forget, Chad Reuter's going to be joining us today, coming up uh, in about 15 minutes. Mike Clemens is going to be here today. Ah. Oh. We get a little big dose of Mike in the last hour of the program today, too, as we kind of close things out and get you ready for 7 o'clock tonight in our uh, draft coverage. The 2023 NFL Draft. Uh, we will be live tonight on the air giving you pick-by-pick coverage. Really looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, if you don't get us in whatever locality you are in, you listen to us on the app, WOZN, The Zone out of Madison, The Zone Madison, and find us there. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back. we got Tom. we got Adam. Adam will be first out of the shoot. He's down in Houston. So we want to get Adam on with us right away as well. So hang in there. we got a lot more to get to. This portion of the Bill Michaels program brought to you by our friends, uh, Mikey Whitcomb and the gang at Exit Realty. Go to Exit Realty, Realty XL. Find Mikey. Mikey's a good guy, 414-243-1976. He got me into my home. He went through hell and high water to help me get into my home. He works his ass off for you. He's a biker. I love the guy because of that. He's he, he's one. He's unlike any realtor you're ever going to meet because he's a jeans guy. He's a polo guy. He shoots from the hip. He's straight. He's honest about it. And, you know, no F's given, man. He just tells you like it is. This is what you're looking for. This is what you're looking out for. This is what you can afford. This is what you can't afford. This, all, he's honest with you. He's great. 414-243-1976. 414-243-1976. That's my buddy Mikey. 414-243-1976 and exit realty. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Opinions? Zach Gelb's got him. Everyone will bow down to Silver because everyone thinks Silver's this great commissioner. He stinks. What does he do that is so great? He is an overrated commissioner. Outside of Donald Sterling, which he had to do, and it's 100% the right thing to get that jerk out of the sport. What else has he done? Because he has no control over this league, and people praise him for this playing tournament, and this playing tournament has never, never resonated with me, and I think it's so unnecessary. 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. Coming up in June, and you want to get something for the bridesmaids or the groomsmen, 
get it all engraved really nice. Uh, our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers, they deal in jewelry, many different types of gifts. Let them rock your world. They're in West Bend, Wisconsin. Go to Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. They are uh, they they are with it. I guess is the best way to put it. Or they get it. Uh, Andy does a great podcast called the Buy Like a Guy podcast, and they are fantastic. But it's worth the trip to West Bend. Or you can just go online and see everything they have to offer, and call them, do some uh, do some FaceTime with them, or you know, I mean, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers does, or just uh, do a Zoom call, and they can go through many different products. And if you want to get something ordered and shipped to you, they can do that as well. Kane and Kane, K O E H N, Kane and Kane Jewelers, located in West Bend. Let them rock your world. Good stuff from our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Let's go to Adam listening to us in Houston. Adam, how you doing, man? What's going on? Hey there, Bill. How are you doing? Doing great today, man. What's happening? Oh, man. I'm getting over that Bucks game last night. I'm a, I'm a former Wisconsin resident and big Wisconsin sports fan, and that was just brutal. But um, I'm, I'm wondering if you feel that there was a little bit of similarity between that Bucks game in series versus a couple of the last uh, Packers exits, kind of with the way all you know the table was set, everything they had going for them. They faced you know a supposedly inferior team coming into their house. The other team played loose and poised, and they did. Did it? Did it feel kind of similar to you like that? It did. Yeah, I get where you're coming from on it because it seemed like, uh, and I said this yesterday when talking about the game on Monday night. It seemed like they had already won. They played like they already won something. And, and when you don't match the energy, you got to ask why. Why Why is this team not matching the energy of the opponent, especially when you're up? But I think the season laid the blueprint for how the season was going to end, how the postseason was going to end. And uh, I, I just I, – I, I've talked about it time and again. I just saw it happen over and over and over and over again to where – they would just give up these big leads like it was nothing, and then they would bounce back. They would play to the very end. They'd fight. They'd scratch. They'd claw. They'd hit a big bucket, and they'd walk away with a win. And then they would say, well, that's NBA basketball. No. Yeah, teams make a run in the NBA. We see it all the time, but not 25-point deficit. Come on, man. That That's, that's excuse-making. Or it's very much front-runner comfort. Uh, and, and, but I agree with you. It's, it's, we've seen this time and again, where they just go very quietly into that good night. And that's, uh, in your reference to what we've seen out of the green Bay Packers, uh, over the last few years. Yeah. It's probably pretty, I would have to say it's pretty consistent with that as well. Chad Reuter is going to be joining us coming up next. We're going to talk with him about all this NFL stuff and, uh, get into his head a little bit. Uh, also eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. Um, the, uh, yep, Dustin, I did. Dustin's uh, hit me up over on Twitter. Yes, I saw the press conference yesterday. Brandon talks about Goody taking a quarterback uh, at 13. He should be fired. Uh, I can make an argument both sides of it, though. Um, you know, because in Nick Vento, you are correct. He said, Ron Wolf said, you can never have enough good quarterbacks. Look how many he drafted and later trashed, uh, trashed picks. There you go. <laughs> Oh, we're all wound up. You know why? Because round one of the 2023 NFL Draft happens tonight, and you can hear it on many of these same stations, and we're looking forward to bringing it to you pick by pick starting at 7 o'clock tonight. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this.